How do you talk about farm safety? It isn't easy, but worth the time. And we found a tool that could keep farmers out of the grain bin, helping avoid entrapments. Welcome to Around Farm Progress, a weekly podcast that looks at agriculture issues across the country. I'm Willie Vogt, your host and editorial director for Farm Progress. We're looking at farm safety from some different perspectives this week. First, I talk with Holly Spangler from Prairie Farmer about a story she did covering the loss of a local farmer in a grain bin. But our conversation ranges farther than that to discuss the topic of farm safety in general. It's not an easy topic to discuss, but necessary. I also talked with Kurt Ahrens from Nebraska Farmer about an innovation he found that could help avoid some of these terrible stories we hear about farmers being trapped in grain bins. Yes, it's a robot. But first, my conversation with Holly Spangler about a very serious topic and the challenge we have covering it, farm safety. Well, Holly, welcome to Around Farm Progress. We're uh, taking on a little bit of a serious topic today. Um, One, though, that's always a challenge for me as someone who covers equipment and agriculture is just talking about farm safety. But you've had a couple of pieces in the last month, a few weeks where you kind of dug into an area that um, is a great concern and that is farm safety. And I think we we should start with the story that got a lot of attention and that was your profile and the loss of a farmer in the area. Yeah, I'm, (laughs) we've talked about this before. We we hate having to talk about this, right? But I'm I'm really glad we're talking about it today just because he was such a good guy. And um, talking about Brian Satorius, he's a farmer from um, central Illinois area in Menard County and just a really, really good guy, you know, that I had known for a long time, known his wife, known his wife's family, (laughs) you know. Yeah. All those kinds of things. And then, you know, got a call there on August 20th that he had died in a grain bin that afternoon. And it was just shocking, you know, for not just, you know, of course, his, obviously his, his friends and family, but the whole Illinois Ag community, um, I think, kind of took a big pause that weekend. I think we all do when we hear about a loss like that. When I read your story, it was quite moving also because he was so involved in the you know, in the organization of Farm Bureau, and then he was involved in the community, and he was right. the, the kind of kind of guy you want to write about and work with, right? I mean, their family right. is a model. I hate to say model farm family because there's really no such thing, but you know, they're they're the people you wanted to know in the neighborhood, right? And, and yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, he was he'd been through the Illinois Ag Leadership Program and had made a lot of really good friends there. He'd been a county president. Uh, for Farm Bureau for several years. Um, I had just run into he and his wife on Tuesday that week. You know, he died on a Friday. Just ran into him on Tuesday at the Illinois State Fair Ag Day and talking with them. And he just recorded a video for Illinois farm families somewhere in the weeks before that, you know, about pesticide use and stuff because he'd worked at DJET for 20 some years and and just was really um well versed in that kind of stuff and able to talk about it you know well and and uh you, you say the phrase model you know model farm family and i think well the photo that came out of that <laughs> that yes. video you know of their family together that's that's what you think of yeah and and to find out as i was reading your story is that we don't know what happened to brian in that grain bin i mean usually you think about an entrapment and the the big hullabaloo and maybe trying to rescue him but he just didn't come out yeah there's there's a lot of unanswered questions there you know he had gone to um help unload a bin and uh there was a truck driver there and the two of them had been in the bin it was soybeans hmm. um, 
had been in it, you know, and it was a crazy hot day, you know, 9,500 degree kind of a day. And um, understand that the the um, truck driver looked back at him and said, hey, we got to get out of here. It's hot. And yeah. and Brian agreed. And, you know, they went to climb out. And then the truck driver looked back and he was gone. Hmm. And that's all they that's all they know. Well, he must. Yeah, it's hard to guess what that might be. But that brought up another thought for you, and I think this is part of the conversation I'd like to dig into a little bit. As uh, someone who's written about farm safety, as you have, and as I have all these years, you did an amazing column to kind of say we got to stop this. I mean, how do we stop this? And I, I guess I wanted to dig into your attitude living on a farm, and uh, and and how you look at farm safety. But what were you trying to tell in that column? Walk me through that a little bit. Well, I go into the conversation I had with my own husband. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. You know, and I and we, you know, that that look you in the eyes and say you don't you're not going in a bin, right? You're not mm-hmm. doing this, right? <laughs> like I need yeah. some insurance here. You're not going to do that. Or if you do, like, you know, X, Y, and Z are in place, or there's a a tether, a harness, or whatever. Because um, we have a couple of those, you know, big grain bins, yeah. commercialized grain bins sitting here that it's just too easy for that stuff to happen. And I think it's just that feeling, you know, when I sat down to write a column, like we keep have we keep writing about this stuff and choosing, you know, what stories to write. You know, what ones can we actually move people to to action on? Right. And And hopefully get to that point that, you know, if you can just get somebody to stop and think. And and I think part of what I was trying to get out in that story is just how quickly something terrible can happen. The more we live a little life, right, we see how quickly that stuff happens from yes. very minor things, I'm saying with personal experience, like falling down steps and breaking your wrist. Yep. Or very major things like being in a green bin or um, we've had a three-wheeler accident, four-wheeler accident here on our farm. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that that just happens as quick as you can snap your fingers and and can be life changing. And so how do you how do you get people to stop for a second and 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 realize and and think, okay, you know, how how do I what do I do differently here? How do I stop something from happening to my kids or you know, or or yourself or whatever it might be? And and it's hard because we've got a million ways to die. <laughs> Yes, we do in agriculture. Right? (laughs) We've got a lot of them. And so there's no way that you can come up with a 10-point checklist to keep, you know, anything from happening. That's It's not that easy, but it's hopefully it's a matter of getting somebody to just stop in a moment and say, okay, wait a sec. I need to buckle my kid into this buddy seat in the tractor or I need to get somebody here, you know, before we go in the bin and we're going to get tether and harness and whatever it is. Um, we're going to stop and do some of those things, even though it's not convenient and we don't really have time, yeah. but to think how quickly you might not have time. Right. Well, I think, you know, we, we talk about the, not just the 10 things or the five things and I've been guilty. I just wrote a five things story, which sure. we do sure. often, but I think, uh, I think, you know, I made this, you and I made this comment before and, and we've talked about this, the farm safety folks out there are really trying to do a good job of highlight the things you should be aware of on the farm. But they do set a standard that sometimes defies what's really happening on the farm. 
So and and I'm not I'm not yes you probably shouldn't have your kid in the cab of the combine or the tractor with you I know that, but the other side of it is mom works in town, mm-hmm. kid comes home from school I'd rather know where they are so mm-hmm. they're going to be in this I don't call it a buddy seat I've been informed that it's the training seat but anyway but I'm going to have that kid in the training seat with me they're going to learn the business but yes let's seat belt them. And we're probably going to get calls over this, but we, we're not going to deny that. I've seen too many pictures on Twitter about everybody's proud to have their kid with them in the in the combine and That's, or the tractor. It's it's part of what we do. Yeah, it's a culture. And I think it's a matter of figuring out how to make it a safer part of the culture. And I, and I get it. I'm, I'm like you. I have known and worked with really great farm safety people. And, and I know they have to call everybody to a higher standard. And that's. That's their job, right? And right. and and we we echo those sentiments too. But then at the same time, like there's the reality, and that's you've got some little farm kids who just live <laughs> to ride yes. in that cab. And so how do we do that safely? Can we get them buckled in? And I I highlighted in that that column that story out of Kansas from several years ago. You know, a little girl who was in kindergarten who I think was maybe sleeping on the floor or leaning against the cab window in the mm-hmm. in the combine and that, that window broke and she fell out and just the horrific, you know, aftermath of, of that loss and how do we keep that from ever, ever happening again? Well, part of that is buckle that kid, you know, into yeah. his, and, and I think of my own father-in-law, you know, who was big on you know, we joke, he always had the kids buckled in, you know, if they were riding. And part of that was for their safety, but part of it was so they didn't drive them crazy, right? Right. <laughs> so contain, you can contain them in that seat, too. They are contained. And that's the deal. If you want to ride, you're buckled in. No, no arguments. What a great habit, though, right? I yes. think it would be nice and many, many legal people would like to have us also just buckle in when we're in the riding seat, the driving seat, too. I understand that we're not going to do that, but, you know. There's some benefit to that as well, especially in a rollover. So just something to think about. And and the the guy or gal listening that's going, oh, come on. Yep, I get it. I know you're hopping in and out. I get it. So, But I can't drive a car without a seatbelt on anymore. I mean, if I'm in my car and I don't have my seatbelt on, something's wrong. So I think we're creating habits in our personal lives that might translate. You know, one of the things that was interesting, and you could, we can talk about this for a minute. Um, when I did that story last week, I was talking to a, a safety expert at Nationwide. And he brought up something I never thought of. It's like, you work on this farm, and then you go over to help a neighbor, and they work on that farm, and their operating procedures may be different than yours. <laughs> Right. And so how, you know, they do it to the left hand way and you're used to doing it to the right hand way. Maybe before you start helping, you should find out how Fred does it <laughs> so that that helps solve the problem, too. Right. I mean, I guess that that happens quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think you mentioned seat belts. I think of things like side by sides, you yes. know, which in many ways replaced a farm truck sort of running around. Right. And we have a farm three miles up the road that we run back and forth <laughs> to all the time, yep. often in a side by side. And do we buckle up every time? Very rarely. But my gosh, you know, if you, if you had an accident, somebody popped over a hill, a deer ran out. You know, it's all the things that I, all the scenarios I lay out to my kids every time. This is why you need to buckle up. And they do when I'm standing there, right? Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm a realist. I know it doesn't happen every time. But I think that's something as a, as a culture we're, we're guilty of, right? Because we like to hop in and out of those side-by-sides. But the reality is they're they're replacing it a truck on the road and, and they're on the road and, and that accident potential is still there. 
And the good news is the good side-by-sides all have ROPs, but ROPs really don't work without a seatbelt. I mean, they work a little. They won't right. get you crushed, but you, you, if you're thrown free, you're thrown free. That's just how exactly. it works. Exactly. And I, I describe all these scenarios to my kids, and they're like, oh, come on. I'm like, listen, I'm here for your worst-case scenario. Like, I can think it up yep. for you. <laughs> I'm happy to spell it out. <laughs> I think one of the challenges I have, and after this recording, I'm going to talk to uh, – Kurt Arns, and he's going to be part of this podcast, and we're going to look at a piece of equipment that will keep you out of the grain bin, and I think I'm excited about that. But one of the challenges I have, too, in writing about this, and I think you and I have talked about this, is the it's really hard as a writer not to be preachy about safety. Yeah. You should do this, and you should do that, and I don't want anybody to ever read one of my stories and go, what the heck does he think he is? And and I just, I that's really hard. Right. Right. I know, and <laughs> I think... I think a lot of times we read stories about something that's happened to somebody so we can figure out what they did wrong. So yeah. we can assure ourselves that, well, we don't do that thing. So that won't happen to us. And and that's just not the way it works. Cause like we said, there's a million ways to get hurt and, and to die. And, and we just can't keep reassuring ourselves of those kind of things. No, but I think, one of the issues is not to be preachy is maybe this conversation, you know, saying, and I'm sure there were a lot of farm families in central Illinois after Brian's death who sat down with their spouses and said, okay, what are we doing in grain bins? Right. And how are we going to do this going forward? And do you have tag out and tag in process? Do you have a harness? Is somebody with you? Um, I was driving in the country recently. Oh my word. The size of some of these grain facilities. Yeah. Are on farms. It's like, oh, is that a new elevator? No, that's some guy's <laughs> farm. We actually had a farmer call us one time. His local uh, tax county uh, county tax assessor wanted to assess him as a commercial business because his grain operation had gotten so large. Yeah. And it's like, nope, nope, this is a private farm. It's what it is. You know, when you're raising that much corn, you got to have a million bushels of storage. That's just how this works. But that's also a million bushels of death if you're not careful. That's the thing. And I... You're right. We don't want to be preachy at all. And and the thing is, we're, we're not that good at predictions, right? <laughs> Any right. of us as farmers, as, as anybody. And I think all we can do is just make one right choice after another. And that's even when it's been a long day or if there's an easier way or you think it won't happen to you or you think you won't see this bad thing coming. It's just a matter of trying to consciously stop doing this thing, whatever it might be that puts you or or your kids or whoever it might be in danger. But we've had too many grain entrapments. We had another one just recently, but the good news was that the older guy got out. The rescuers were able to get him, but that's also how many EMTs on the farm. And, the, and you've got to hope that your local fire department has the tools to get you out of a grain bin. And that would might be an assessment. I'm not, this is an advertise for, advertisement for buying certain things, but you talk to your local fire department, do they have a, have they had training in grain entrapment? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not preachy, but it might be something to make a phone call about and say, so who's trained in this? And um, right. how can we do this in our county to make sure that at least two or three of the fire departments are trained in this so that not everybody is, but we've got the tools. So. Exactly. And and the reality is a lot of us are, you know, maybe a half hour wait from a paramedic or, or a rescue team getting yep. there. You know, I mean, we think about it's a volunteer department, as it often is. Yep, <laughs> really. The call goes out. Those folks have to leave their home, go to the fire station or wherever, load up, drive out. That's a half hour reality. Yeah, half hour is a long time. It is. And uh, 
So it's 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 a challenge, and that's true not just for grain entrapments. That's true for anything. Exactly. Um, exactly. Uh, it, it's even a half hour for a helicopter. I mean, if you right. think about the time it takes to order it and get it and wherever it is for the worst mm-hmm. kinds of accidents, which you don't ever want to see. But I think yeah, local. I think for farmers listening to this, if you're a local fire department, if you haven't talked to them lately, do they have training in grain entrapment? We are getting into a very busy season where we're going to be putting a lot of grain in, and we're going to monitor that grain all winter. We don't want to take any chances. So that's something to think about. Well, Holly, I appreciate your time today. And thank you for sharing Brian's story. I feel for the family and we all keep them in our prayers. Hang in there and we'll talk to you later. All right. Thank you, Willie. I appreciate it. Thanks to Holly Spangler for her insights and coverage of this tough topic. We don't want to preach. We want to inform. And every writer at Farm Progress knows that being careful is part of the job, yet bad things still happen. And we appreciate the hard work of farm safety experts helping farmers in our industry work to keep themselves and their families safe. Now we turn our attention to a tool that could help prevent a big farm safety problem, grain entrapments. Kurt Ahrens with Nebraska Farmers shares insight on a new product he's found that could keep farmers out of bins. This robot tool is still under development, but he shares some insights. Kurt Ahrens, welcome to Around Farm Progress. How are you today? I'm just fine, Willie. How about yourself? I'm hanging in. You know, it's interesting. I uh, had a pretty serious conversation uh, with Holly Spangler about great farm safety. It started with a conversation about grain bin safety. And um, I think like a lot of people, I'm seeing a lot of uh, information on my social media feeds about entrapments and this year. You've got something a couple of guys came up with that is kind of interesting that might help me solve that problem. Yeah, you know, when in my farming days, I was in and out of a bin an awful lot, and I wished I would have had one of these gadgets in those days. It would have saved a, a lot of anxiety, I think, and an awful lot of hard work. But it's a new robot, an auger-driven robot, that will become commercially available probably within a couple of years. And it was developed through a farmer idea, but it was actually developed by a couple of engineering students at the University of Nebraska at Omaha and um, is being tested extensively right now. So it's called the Grain Weevil, and it is pretty nifty and probably will help keep farmers out of bins, especially in the most dangerous situations when um, the quality of the grain isn't what it should be. And there's crusted situations which are extremely dangerous to enter a bin and, and try and, you know, relieve that uh, a human being going inside and doing that. Well, here's a robot that weighs about 30 pounds, auger driven, uh, battery operated and dustproof, waterproof and can get in there. And as I was telling you earlier uh uh, Willie, it, it looks like a badger going through this grain if you see a video of the, of the machine, but it can really break up these crusts across uh, bins of any size. And the potential for this robot is really great in keeping farmers out of bins. I love that idea. I, I, I personally think the thing is called the grain weevil. You talk about it being a badger. I prefer a badger in my bin than a weevil, but that's a different story <laughs> because no one wants a weevil in their bin. But I get that. This is their big oper- their big marketing opportunity. Hope they're listening. Your big opportunity is this is a weevil you want in your bin. I have a question though about this. I'm this the weevil is moseying along on the top, breaking up the crust, having a good day, and it fall and the crust gives way and it falls into the grain. What happens to the weevil? 
Well, according to their tests, uh, it can dig itself out of about five feet or more of grain. And so that's that's the beauty of this particular machine. Like I said, it's still, you know, being tested heavily. But um, the whole idea came about of a couple of farmers talking after church one Sunday. And the one farmer said, you know, I am so tired of getting in and out of these bins. And it, I don't feel good about having to break up crusted grain because it's dangerous. And you always have to have another person with you. You know, if, if you guys could come up with something to help me not have to go in that bin anymore. And then, you know, the farmer, his son, uh, who was uh, an engineering major and his son's roommate are the ones that came up with this. Uh, it was Chad and Ben Johnson and then uh, Ben's roommate, Zane Zentz. They came up with this idea and they had been building robots for other applications in class. And they're like, you know what? I think we can do something. So they had to come up with, use kind of the newer brushless motor technology along with some battery breakthroughs that were really crucial, you know, to getting enough power to do the job. But, you know, this is a 30 pound dynamo that has a lot of potential to take something, a job, job and several jobs inside a bin that are very dangerous for human beings to be in and out of there. And, you know, take it to the next level and do it with a robot, which is, to me, just phenomenal. So it'll be fun to watch how this tests out, because right now they're testing it in um, several bins uh, in Nebraska. And uh, hopefully it'll be commercially available, you know, in a couple of years. Pretty exciting. So let me ask a practical question. As someone trying to visualize this, it's a 30-pound robot, a lot mm -hmm. of augers, a lot of batteries. Great. Do you lower it in from the top? How do you put it in the bin? Yeah, as far as I understand, and we didn't get into that conversation, but yes, it would be lowered in from the top. You know, you can carry it in a in a backpack, and so that's kind of how it'll operate. And right. uh, like I said, they're they're trying all kinds of different applications. Now, once you develop a robot that can go inside your grain bin, you know, it's kind of like all of the new technology we're seeing. Like you wrote about um, the Annie robots in the field. Um, what else can we do with this thing now that it's inside the bin? Can we monitor grain moisture in different parts of the bin? Can we monitor um, what other aspects? Can we can we look for uh, pests? You know, I mean, there's it's just like everything else. There's all it opens the door to being more of a grain management tool than just breaking up crusted grain. And and I think Chad and Ben are on onto that and certainly thinking about that as they move forward. But you know, right now they're just in that testing phase, so. They want to make sure that it does what they say it will do, and uh, and then maybe it can do a whole lot more. Well, you know, we want to get the thing right, the basics right, the standard proof of concept, which I think they've gone through that. But you don't want to add the grids and giggles until you know you've got a robot that works. That's for darn sure. Yes. But, but it's not uncommon in any industry now to use automation in dangerous situations. Um, you know, we get all excited about ro robots in the field. Most normal days driving a tractor in a row crop situation isn't dangerous. If we can use robots in areas that will take people out where they don't need to be and put something in place that's automated, I think that's fantastic. And Kurt, you shouldn't have been getting in those bins when you were farming. But anyway, um, you got to, right? It breaks. Yes, You've got to get in there. you got to get the grain out so you put yeah. more grain in. One of the other things is that uh, that's interesting, too, and maybe this will have a greater application. And in the old days, uh, if I had a, you know, a, 30 bushel bin, 30,000 bushel bin. That was not much. It would crust. I get it. That can, it can still kill me. And that's a big deal. But, you know, I drive by grain operations on farms today. And, and Holly and I discussed this just moments ago. And it's 
it's amazing how big these have gotten. So it could be a pretty dangerous place to be if you're in a half a million bushel bin. Well, and can robots do something in that size of bin that human beings aren't even able to do anymore? I mean, because they are so huge and gigantic. Right. And I mean, just because of the massive volume of grain you're dealing with, this seems to me like a very natural progression of of a good use for these types of technologies and machines um, exactly to keep people out of places where they just really don't have any business being right now um, in today's uh, with today's technology coming along as it is. Yeah, it's pretty amazing what's happening. So the grain weevil, um, we're talking about that product being available in a couple of years. I think it's exciting about this um, and keep up with it. Talk to the, the, the two gentlemen that are developing it and keep us posted on where that is. Kurt, thanks for telling that story. We're excited about the new technology, and uh, you have a good week. Yeah, thanks a lot, Willie. Thanks to Kurt Ahrens for his story about the grain weevil. You can hear in his voice how enthused he is about this new tool. And thanks to Holly Spangler for her thoughtful insights regarding the coverage of farm safety and farm accidents. We want all our listeners and readers to be safe. Farm Progress is the nation's leading agriculture information source with 17 state and regional brands, as well as Farm Futures, Beef, National Hog Farmer and Feedstuffs, and Farm Progress Show and Husker Harvest Days. Join us next week as we continue our agriculture journey around the country. I'm Willie Vogt, Editorial Director at Farm Progress. Thanks for listening.